You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into today's show. We have another guest for you guys today. At the end of the show, we're going to be joined by Locked On Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade to talk about one of the newest Chargers draft picks, Nick Neiman. So make sure you guys stick around for that. But before we get started, let me just thank everyone, especially those who are checking out the show today for the first time. We very much appreciate it. And if you don't already, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. But also on today's show, we have some really fun segments because We're going to start the show by talking about a very unique situation because the Chargers brought in an undrafted free agent by the name of Amen Ogbongbamiga, so we're going to have to shorten that name up a little bit to keep saying it, but he got drafted in the CFL even though the Chargers brought him in as an undrafted free agent, so we're going to talk about that weird situation, and then in the second segment in the middle of the show, we will be getting into a signing by the Chargers because we have finally seen the Chargers first post-draft free agent signing and the Chargers added some beef to the interior of the defensive line by bringing in defensive tackle Christian Covington. So we're going to be talking about what he brings to the table and also how he fits onto the Chargers, especially in a room that we just talked about on yesterday's show, needed an upgrade with the talent, needed some more veteran experience there, guys with proven production in the NFL. And they found a little bit of that with Christian Covington. And then to wrap up the show, we'll be talking with a locked on Hawkeyes about new Charger Nick Neiman. So, David, let's go ahead and get into it. First of all, just how are you doing? I know that it's fun always when we get to talk about signings, right? I mean, and also getting to talk about undrafted free agents that with the Chargers we know have a good shot of making the team. Absolutely. I mean, the Chargers have a long storied history of finding those diamonds in the rough and the undrafted free agency ranks. So, I mean, maybe this guy could be another one, but I mean, I'm doing great. I mean, I uh, really enjoyed the conversation I had with Locked On Iowa host Andrew Wade, and I can't wait for you guys to hear that later on. Yeah, we have some really great college experts as well as NFL experts. There's also the Peacock and Williamson show. If you guys want something that just covers all of the NFL and you want to stay up to date on that, you can do that wherever you get your podcast from. But let's start with this weird story here because let's get the name out of the way first. The Chargers brought in former Oklahoma State linebacker Ogbong Bamiga, who actually had a pretty decorated college career in the Big 12, two-time All-Big 12 second-team selection, also was the Defensive Player of the Year for them in 2019 as well, put up some really good stats. But that's not what we're here to talk about because He is a guy that actually got drafted eighth overall in the CFL draft. So this is something that we haven't really seen with Chargers free agents before the undrafted kind. And it is a strange situation because it does not mean he's going to leave the Chargers to go up and just play in the CFL. But he does have a nice backup plan now with that team that yeah, with the Calgary Stampeders. And it's actually 
kind of a cool story just because he actually moved to Canada from Nigeria to Calgary and then ended up going to Houston and ended up playing at Oklahoma State playing football there. But he could have a chance to return, you know, to one of his hometown teams in the CFL, David, if things don't work out for him with the Chargers. I think those are the magic words, right, Dan, is if things don't work out. But, I mean, how many players out there already have another home to go to to continue their NFL career if things don't happen in the NFL? I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. You don't really see that. So it's not like he's going to just drop everything and go to the CFL right away. It's still the NFL's number one, obviously, right? I mean, this is the top, the mecca of the sport. He's obviously going to try to do his best to make it in the NFL. But if things don't work out, he has a guaranteed spot in the CFL and he has a little bit of an NFL bloodline I mean he has a cousin in the NFL and I'm sure you might know him his name is Emmanuel Ogba so a cousin in the NFL I mean the Chargers like the guys with connections and this is another one of them yeah Andy had a brother that played football at Houston as well so there's definitely some strong football ties there and and he's a guy that still comes in you know pretty inexperienced to the game of football I mean obviously He grew up around it with some of those guys, but just moved away from Africa in 2011 and has been learning ever since. And I think the thing about this guy particularly is he does have a good shot to make the roster just because of the Chargers' lack of depth at linebacker. I think it could be him or Cole Christensen, a guy who got brought up from the practice squad last year, kind of fighting it out, doing special teams, seeing which one of them fits better in Brandon Staley's defense on who ends up making the team And we know that the Chargers will probably try to find some value in undrafted free agency, but that's a very, very thin position. But just going forward, I think we just have to get out of the way that we're just going to call him Bong. Amen, Bong, because that's a lot easier than just repeating (laughs) Og Bong Bamiga over and over again. So the crazy thing about our boy Bong is that he actually put up a pretty crazy season in 2019. 15 and a half tackles for loss. Five sacks as an off-ball linebacker. Obviously has some blitzing ability. He's known for what he's able to do in the running game. Not a guy who's going to take you you know, head on and just get off of blockers and be able to fight through traffic. But as a guy who can run and tackle, definitely someone who has a chance to help this team. So with the Chargers, every undrafted free agent has a chance to make the team. But it seems like, especially in this case specifically, This guy, I mean, has some pass production, has some, you know, valuable physical traits that you like and comes at a position for the Chargers where they're not super deep. No, they're not. I mean, this is another kind of smaller in stature linebacker. He's only about 235 pounds, but according to the scouting reports out there, he's a run and chase type of guy who has good speed. I mean, if you're going to be undersized, you got to be able to run around, and he definitely has the ability to do that. He was a core special teams player in 2018, so I think that's why it's important to mention him and Cole Christensen because – That's all Cole Christensen did with the Chargers last year is just play special teams. He was one of those guys that they promoted late in the year to try to get some juice on special teams. So Amen, I think, is going to come in here and try and take that spot from him. And and in the the NFL, you want to get the best guys out there. You want to breed competition. So I think that's where he is going to try to make his mark on this team. But there is an opportunity. The special teams unit last year was absolutely atrocious. We know that. They have to get better. Introducing more guys with more talent, more speed, more skills, I think is not uh, is never a bad thing. When I think you're seeing a little bit, you know, what Brandon Staley wants to bring in here because the two linebackers they brought in, Bong, like you said, is like 231 pounds. 
And, you know, Nick Neiman is not that big either, right? He's somewhere around like no. 235 pounds or something like that. But both of them bring, you know, plus athleticism to that group. So I think you can kind of see what they're going for there. But I just thought it was a really cool story. I know that Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue put it out there, and that's what drew my attention to it. But you get drafted eighth overall in the CFL, but still even that, you know, isn't really enough to lure you away just from a chance at making an NFL roster. So best of luck to Amen. I mean, he's a guy that I think has a legitimate shot to make this roster with COVID protocols and all of those things. It's going to be tougher than most years, but he seems like a guy that has the physical profile, the special team's ability to maybe latch on at a thin group for the Chargers. But the Chargers... Go get him, Bong. Yeah, get him, Bong. Get him. But the Chargers did bring in another guy who probably will make the team, I would say, at least right now as we see it. And that is defensive tackle Christian Covington coming from the Bengals. So we're going to get into the Chargers beefing up the interior of the defensive line. And at the end of the show, be getting into our interview with Locked On Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC action as well. I really like betting on the UFC. I mean, you can always get some pretty good odds there, and you're just hoping that somebody knocks somebody out for the upset. One of my favorite things to bet on for sure, and you also have NBA and NHL playoffs coming up so it's always fun to bet on the playoffs but all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on that's promo code locked on all caps one word at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right david well we kind of got put on a little bit of a comatose state as far as the chargers bringing in free agents while they prepped for the draft and you know i like that song yeah, I mean, and it was very true because we had all of these free agent signings and it really was like, you know, just shooting something directly into your veins, like all of those signings <laughs> all along the offensive line. It Give just it felt me. so good to see them, you know, finally <laughs> committing to that. But just as it came, so it went and they all stopped. Yeah. There was no signings, really. You got a Chase Daniels here. You got a Ryan Smith there. But wah, we knew wah, that, right. you know. <laughs> They would probably be done for the most part, mostly depending on how the draft went, you know, because you're not going to be able to get guys at every position of need. So one of the things that it tells me that the Chargers are bringing in Christian Covington is that maybe defensive tackle was something that they wanted to target in the draft and then, you know, just found other guys that were higher up on their board and then just didn't get a chance to address it. And it's not as if it was the most talented defensive tackle draft, but what the Chargers get here, David, is a veteran, a six-year veteran, I should say, has played for a few teams and, most importantly, comes with some experience and comes with some actual NFL production, which is something you can't that can't be said about all of the guys the Chargers have in their room at this moment. That's correct. I mean, there's only a, a couple of guys. Linval, Linval Joseph has, obviously has extensive experience, but behind that, you got Justin Jones and then who else? I mean, guys who haven't really spent a lot of time on a football field in the NFL. But Christian Covington, six years in the league. He's six foot two, three oh five, 
four of those years with Houston, one with Dallas, and last year with the Bengals. He's a guy that comes in with 132 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and eight and a half sacks. So he has some kind of production, Daniel, but nothing to write home to mom about. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a, you know, proven pass rusher on the inside, which is probably what they need the most as far as just being able to, you know, consistently get a push on the inside. And as far as his pass rush goes, I mean, the bull rush is definitely his favorite move. If he gets a one-on-one matchup, he has the ability to kind of drive offensive linemen back into the quarterback's lap. Played a lot of, you know, nose tackle, the one-zero technique. He's played some three technique as well, so there is some versatility, I guess, there. So I think, you know, he can fill in for Limbaugh Joseph. And let's be honest, Limbaugh Joseph played all the way too much last season. He should not have been on the field for that many defensive snaps. But what Christian Covington gives you is another body and some more experience at a position where you felt like if, you know, Limbaugh Joseph was to go down, now it's a rotation between guys like Justin Jones and also, you know, Cortez Broughton, who was a seventh round pick a couple of years ago and those guys you know really haven't shown anything at this level to be consistent contributors and Brandon Staley said you know he expects big leaps from those guys but at the same time you can't bank everything on that so as he comes in I know we don't think he's just the automatic starter in front of Limbaugh Joseph but how do you think he fits in? Yeah I mean I think he's going to be a rotational guy I think you saw throughout his NFL career that I mean, he wasn't a guy that was on the field for 60, 70, 80% of the snaps. He was a guy that came in for 15 to 20 snaps, probably mostly against the run, a guy who's going to eat up some double teams, uh, a guy who, you know, is going to get you a couple of run stuffs here and there. He had some sack production. I mean, in 2018, he had four sacks, according to PFF. So he can get after the quarterback, but I don't think he was really asked to do that a whole lot, Daniel. And I think we were talking before the show. I mean, I think they even intentionally took him off the field in pass downs. Yeah, I watched his few of, a few of his games, all from last year with the Bengals, which that even was kind of a weird situation because he actually signed with the Denver Broncos and then got traded to the Bengals before he ever played a snap. For the Broncos. So I was watching his tape from last season and you know it's not overly flashy. He did get taken off the field on obvious passing downs a lot of the time but the thing that concerned me more was just the fact that it seemed like at some points you know and I could have just not been you know watching the right tape not watching the right games but it seemed like they took him out in some goal line situations where where you're adding some beef you know you want to know that that guy's going to come in and help solidify the Chargers defensive line especially in short yardage situations but it didn't seem like he was always trusted to do that at least with the Bengals where he played in all 16 games but I think you know availability is something that he comes with playing in all 32 games over the last two seasons even though he only had one sack in that time he did have 67 tackles which isn't terrible for a you know rotational defensive lineman four tackles for loss just kind of, we thought it was a lot, yeah. right? We thought it was a lot before uh, we looked up Linval Joseph, and he had like 67 tackles last year alone. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't compare him to Linval Joseph. Right, and obviously Linval Joseph is, you know, a no doubt about it starter every single game for the most part. And like we said, played way too many snaps. But yes, I mean, for a rotational guy, for a backup defensive lineman, I thought his numbers were okay. Nothing to write home about. His pass rush ability, I mean... Not super polished, like I said. He does the bull rush, can move guys around, also can get kind of bullied by double teams at times. But I think that he has the ability to play, you know, back up to Linval Joseph. He can spell Linval Joseph for a stretch. And I think 
The thing that encourages me the most about this pickup is that you're not just going into the season and just assuming that guys like, you know, Joe Gaziano or Cortez Broughton or Justin Jones is going to make this big leap and earn a ton of playing time on the defense. What they're saying is, hey, we like you guys, but we're going to bring in someone that knows what it takes to make an NFL roster. We're going to take someone that knows how to produce at this level And maybe this guy doesn't end up making the roster. I'm sure this contract is going to be something where there's not a lot of guaranteed money if he doesn't make the roster. But this is also putting guys like Cortez Broughton on alert because they're saying you could be off the team potentially if this guy beats you out. There's only so many slots on the roster for defensive tackles and they were thin there, but they still have about six guys, especially if you include Joe Gaziano as a defensive tackle. So Brandon Staley preached, David, competition at every position. There's no competition at quarterback, but you can see that no. throughout the rest of the roster, they're not just resting on their laurels. They're not just saying, Jesse Lemonier is going to take a big leap. We don't need to add to the edge rusher position. We're bringing Kyler Fackrell. We're bringing Chris Rump, right? But we don't necessarily need to depend on him. We're not just going to depend on Justin Jones going into this season and hoping this is the year that all the hype we get before the season actually plays out in the field. We're bringing in proven production we're bringing in competition so the cream can rise to the top and we're not just going to put these guys on the field just because they're on the roster every roster spot is going to be as valuable as ever i just love the fact that the chargers have repeatedly this offseason recognized areas of deficiency on the team and intentionally went out and addressed them the offensive line they addressed uh, emphatically, I mean, they, they they got four new starters in that group. They got a starting corner in the draft. They added talent there. This is another move of recognition saying we're not completely comfortable with our depth on the defensive line. So we're going to bring in a guy who has been in the league for six years, but is still only 27. So he still could potentially develop a little bit more. You never know. If you get in front of the right coach that might unlock something for you, then, I mean, you could get some production that you haven't seen out of him up to this point. But I just like the fact that the Chargers are seeing these issues and they're trying to address them at least by bringing in competition and not allowing any preconceived notions from last year to affect how they're going to analyze these guys and really allow the best guys to, like you said, rise to the top and be the ones ultimately on the field on Sundays. And we talk about depth a lot, and you're not going to have, you know, Pro Bowl players at every position and, you know, really good above-average starters behind them. I mean, you're going to have to have guys on the roster where you're questioning, you know, whether they can potentially be starters on this team, right, or what they do actually bring to the table. But at the same time, there's two things with this. I mean, the rest of the NFL obviously passed on Christian Covington during the normal free agency period. But there's still a lot of talented defensive linemen out there that are still on the free agency market as Christian Covington is coming to the Chargers. So the Chargers and Brandon Staley see something in this guy. And I think that that, you know, should make you feel a little bit better about it. But at the bare minimum, if you're getting a guy who can come in, spell Linval Joseph and play average, and you've seen him play at least average at the NFL level, I think that you have to be happy with that because the Chargers haven't always had that as far as depth at these positions and now this year it seems like they are committed even though we maybe would like them to bring in more of an impact player than this you definitely understand why they would bring him in he's going to be cost effective you can get some meaningful snaps from him defensively if you have an injury the drop off isn't nearly as large as it potentially could have been with the guys behind them so 
I like this move. I like the competition. I like the depth brought in by this pick. And I think it is just another solid under the radar move that could pay dividends for Tom Telesco and the Chargers. But we do have one more segment to get into because David is going to talk with Locked On Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade about one of the newest Chargers additions, Nick Neiman, the former Iowa Hawkeye. So they're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, there's only one place that I go, and that is rockauto.com. For me, it's all about convenience. And if I can find a way to not have to leave my house and still get the part delivered to my house, I'm going to take that every you know every time, every day of the week. I'm taking you up on that offer. And for me, rockauto.com not only has you know the largest inventory you're going to find, I've already had to use it several times and they've always had the piece that I needed, but you're going to get it at a great price and you're not going to have to go into a chain storefront and have a guy at the counter have to look up your car on the computer and take 20 minutes while he decides if the place actually has the part or not. You're going to just be able to sit at home, get it delivered to your door at the best price. So whatever kind of part you need, they have it at rockauto.com. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, guys, we are back here. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, like we teased on our previous show, we are going to be joined by Locked On Iowa. And of course, that host is Andrew Wade. You can find him on Twitter at Locked On Iowa. He's going to cover everything, all of your Iowa sports, your football, your baseball, everything they got going on over there. Pretty story football franchise, though, for sure. But first of all, before we jump into the, any questions, man, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing well, David. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Another opportunity to talk some football. And it's always fun when we get to kind of get these connections where we get to talk about a, a college player that has some su- success and kind of a lineage coming from Iowa and with his dad and his brother being there. So it's always nice because, you know, we don't always get to link up the college hosts and the NFL hosts. So when we get these opportunities, I like to jump on them. But 100% agree, man. We know that Nick Neiman is not athletic enough to be a coverage linebacker, but we didn't really see very much ball skills at all. Like he didn't really intercept the the football. Was that more of, of a product of the scheme or is that just something he really needs to improve at the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more just about being consistent because there were times where he would make some big plays in the ball. I think um, as the Holiday Bowl against USC, uh, he picked it off and and took it back quite a bit. And in, in that aspect, you see that athleticism. You see the ability to pick balls off. Um, he did a decent job of picking guys up in the flat. Uh, so Iowa, what they typically do is it's more of like a an off cover two type of scheme. Um, guys are playing off from a linebacker perspective. You're supposed to stick in your zone and you're supposed yeah. to just cover the middle and make sure that no, you know, you're supposed to be very. Uh, gap specific to where you're at you're not supposed to be moving around a lot not supposed to be really um utilizing yeah they didn't ask him to do a whole lot right no exactly and and that's what makes iowa's defense so successful though is that you're minimizing the potential for exposure with the lack of athleticism iowa typically has on the defensive side of the ball what's funny about that is nick neiman tests outside of the freaking water and is one of the most athletic linebackers to come through in quite a few years so uh you don't see it yeah you don't see it show up on tape nearly as much as you would expect given the athleticism yeah and that was one of the things i saw on that just that you brought that up is his score was crazy, but the agility that he showed in the drills and stuff, you didn't really see that on the field. Like when we were watching tape on him, we're like, man, this guy's a little bit stiff. I don't understand how he scored or he tested so well. I think that's another reason why you have to marry the tape with the uh, athletic, you know, cone drills. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I think in this in this year especially, I feel like the the testing didn't matter nearly as much as the tape did just because you couldn't see those guys in person. But when someone mm-hmm. tests as well as Nick Neiman did, you have to look at it. And then all of a sudden, he starts getting some buzz, starts getting some hype. You talked a little bit about before the show, the lineage, um, having Ben Neiman as his brother, Jay Neiman, his dad as a coach. I mean, you start looking at those factors, and you're like, all right, you can see how you might be able to put that potential together. But uh, to this point, we just – haven't exactly seen it. Uh, he wasn't able to get on the field consistently at Iowa. You saw those flashes. Um, was a very, very solid starter for Iowa as a senior. But up until that point, it just kind of hit or miss, had some injuries. So it was a very interesting uh, player prospect coming out for the draft. I mean, like, we, like you just mentioned, he's the son of a coach. Do you think that kind of helped him on the field as far as his instincts and his, de- and his, like, his discipline defensively? Yeah, I I definitely think having the the dad as a coach helps from an instinct perspective, but I think Iowa also recruits guys who understand how to be disciplined as well. Um, there was a guy several years ago. I'm drawing a blank on his uh, Amani 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 Jones, and he was our middle linebacker and athletic freak, but could not stay where he was supposed to stay at just bit too much got too excited um, was not able to stay in his gap and then when you do that you expose every other player on Iowa's defense again other defenses they can have athletic people who can kind of roam and do those things Iowa very much prides itself on you stick to your responsibility and that makes the whole team successful so it limits it limits the downside that could happen. It also limits the ability to see kind of what they can do um, one-on-one with people. They're not typically asked to, to man up on people. And now that Iowa is playing more of a 4-2-5, they're taking away a lot of that coverage responsibility of a Nick Neiman per se. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about how he wasn't a four-year starter and he was more of a role player with his, you know, during his time there at Iowa. You think that was just because there were some really good players ahead of him or is just that the fact that he showed some immense improvement his senior year? Yeah, um, I would say it's a mix of both. So Iowa's linebacker core is typically pretty well now. I mean, it's one of the better linebacker cores year in and year out in the Big Ten. They've had some phenomenal linebackers come through the program. In the last couple of years, though, it hasn't necessarily been that case. It's been a lot of um, fringe NFL prospect type of guys. So last year, you look at middle linebacker, you have Christian Welch. Uh, who goes and ends up playing on the Ravens, has one really good season. Uh, you had Ben Neiman, his brother, a couple of years before that. Bo Bowers um, got a chance at the Broncos. Josie Jewell is with the Broncos now still. Um, there were some good linebackers in front of him, but I think the opportunity was certainly there. You look at 2018, he starts five games. 2019, he starts eight games. Last year, he starts every single game. He was starting games. It was just a matter of being able to be there consistently. Um, and he was playing in all the games too. So it's just a matter of, I think he couldn't put it all together. Hey, and sometimes that happens. I mean, we, we've seen guys even in the NFL. I mean, it takes a couple of years for it to click at that level. And then once it clicks or maybe you get in front of the right coach and, you know, they, they speak the language that, that you need to hear at that moment in time. And bam, you know, that flips the switch. So we've seen that many, many times. But I mean, we've talked about how his brother is now in the NFL. He plays for the Chiefs now, uh, but he was at Iowa as well. So coming out of Iowa between the two brothers, who was probably the more polished product that was ready to be in the NFL right off jump street. Yeah. I would say Ben Neiman. Uh, so to me, I mean, we talked about a little bit with Nick, but clearly the, the upside is there. You can see the potential, you see the athleticism or you see the athleticism in testing, I should say. And, and we've seen glimpses of it. There's a couple of plays that I saw of Nick two years ago where he managed to cover a couple of running backs coming off the flat, which is a tough thing to do as a linebacker. Um, but you can see it sometimes. And sometimes he's just not in the right spot. When Iowa played uh, Purdue, when they play or, or Penn state, when they played against KJ Hamler 
Uh, there were several times where he was supposed to be in a zone and just couldn't handle being around KJ Hamler. Now, to be fair, not a lot of guys can. Yeah. Playing a linebacker in zone, you're you're that athletic. You would expect to be a little bit better than what we saw. The reason why I go all about that is Ben Neiman was undoubtedly the more polished prospect, in my opinion. Uh, he started a couple of years for Iowa because he's able to be that guy who can be consistent. The floor is higher with Ben Neiman. The ceiling's lower. With Nick Neiman, the ceiling's higher. The floor is definitely lower, in my opinion. Gotcha. Well, hey, I mean, we'll have to see if he can take that potential and manifest that in the NFL. He definitely will have a role. I'm sure we'll see him a little bit more on special teams uh, to start with the Chargers. But I think there is some potential that he could work his way onto the field as a linebacker as well. But, hey, Andrew Wade, I want to really just say thank you for giving me some time to talk a little bit about Nick Neiman. And, of course, everybody remember, you can find Andrew Wade on Twitter at LockedOnIowa. All right, well, a special thank you to Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes. I'm definitely excited about the Nick Neiman pick, and I think he is a guy, you know, special teams-wise that can come in and contribute right away. But that is going to do it for today's show. Make sure to check back in with us tomorrow because we should be talking with a Locked On Knowles podcast to break down the Chargers' second-round pick, Asante Samuel Jr. I hope you guys are enjoying us bringing all these local experts on to talk about these players and kind of give you some insight after watching them in college that we couldn't necessarily bring you because we weren't there throughout the whole ride. So hope you enjoy it. But until tomorrow, guys, if you don't already, make sure you follow the podcast wherever you get it from, whether that's the Odyssey app, because we know the Apple podcasts have been a work in progress. There's other places to get the show, Spotify, Google Podcast, and you can find it on any social media. We always post the show every day, whether that's our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers or on Twitter at Locked on LAC. You can also find it by following us. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David on Twitter at Drotalk SD. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And we'll be trying to get into those soon. But make sure you guys get back with us tomorrow to be talking about Asante Samuel Jr. with Locked on Knowles. But until then, take it easy and go Bulls.